Well, so we'll have it uh, on, uh, on, yeah, on the internet. Such a beautiful introduction. Like, like I want the whole thing on Spotify. So okay, it's Hashem. It's We'll put it on. Okay, so we discussed yesterday the idea of the importance of of uh, spending time, uh, you know, and the real verb that we're going to use is always a. Uh, uh, a big question: what, what, you know, what verb to use? You know, can you say meditate? You want to say contemplate? You want to say be misbeinin? You want to say tracht chasidis? I don't care what word you want to use for the verb, but you have to spend some time every day um, thinking, thinking, thinking about what chasidis has to say, slowing down the mind, right? And it's a big question that you know, basically, at what. What level of mind are we talking about, right? So we know that the mind works in different waves, right? So you have, for example, beta waves, right? That you have, that the mind is in, when a person is focused and he's learning, you know, for example, when you're in the Gemara Seder, your mind is in beta, right? And there are different types of where, you know, when your person is going to sleep, his mind goes into... I believe it's alpha, and then goes into theta, and, and I'm not exactly clear exactly all the titles and everything like that. Um, you could do research on it if you want. <clears throat> but at a certain point, the person needs to slow himself down and slow his brain down in order to integrate the material into, into himself. And not just to integrate the material, but like the Rebbe Rashab says elsewhere in the different contrasim, but to work on one's midos as well and to change you know, certain approaches that he has to life. And we're always on the go, 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 as we were talking about last night in the Fabregen. So what's going to happen is that he's never really going to make the changes that he wants because as much as in his conscious mind he is uh, thinking, like, I'd like to be, you know, a better person, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to integrate this into my life, I'd like to have more Abbas Yisrael, I'd like to, right, all the things that we talk about in Tanya, what's going to happen is that as soon as, um, you know, someone says something to him, it's going to trigger him. As soon as someone steps on his toe, he's going to be triggered, and he's just going to go back to his normal operating uh, mode, which is, you know, punch the guy because he stepped on my toe. Because that's how many of us uh, grew up. That's how many of us were programmed. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean punch the guy, but it might be verbally to attack the person back or to have very bad feelings in one's heart uh, towards this person because of, you know, he is, you know, did something to me. And really what we know is that it's all coming from Hashem, right? Because it's all really Hashem. That's all there is. And so therefore... As Hasidus teaches us over and over and over again that, right, that when a person is uh, involved in different aspects of his life, where he has different nisiyinos, or where he has uh, different scenarios of conflicts with people, or he recognizes, he sees that people are, are treating him in a way that he doesn't appreciate. So instead of taking it out on the person, what he has to recognize is that this is him that he has to change in himself and he has to recognize that this is Hashem's signal, like the Baal Shem Tov says, that when you see someone else and you see their bad flaw and it bothers you, right, as the Rebbe adds in the Sicha, right, that means that this is a bad flaw that I have and I need to work on it. So the question is, at what stage, where do you work on it? So we know that 
the main times during the day that we're supposed to be working on ourselves is not in the, smack in the middle of the day. Smack in the middle of the day when we are supposed to be learning, especially as the yeshiva students, we're learning Gemara, that's not the time. But there are times that are set aside in the Hasidic day, which are the times that we are supposed to work on doing these things. Number one, when we are getting ready for Shacharis, when we're learning in Hasidis, and then we spend the time before davening Shacharis to spend the time sitting and thinking Hasidis and trying to integrate uh, the real truth of the world, of how Hashem is everywhere and Hashem, that's all there is here, into my life and how Hashem is creating me and all the things that we're going to be talking about in Na'umnam. And number two time is really by, when, before we go to sleep, by Krishna Shalomita. In the olden days, Hasidim of old always, right, they spent a lot of time on Krishna Shalomita because it is an opportunity for a person to evaluate his day and to evaluate where is he holding how is he doing in different areas? And it's not a, such a good idea to like work on a million things at once. You know, I'm going to work on, I have so many things to work on. Because we know when we work on a million things, you wind up working on no thing, right? But if you take, let's say, one point, like let's say that a person has an issue with anger, right? And he decides that this is what I'm going to work on. But how is he going to work on it? So uh, as soon as, you know... Uh, I'm walking in the, in the Zal, and all of a sudden someone sticks out their foot to trip me, and I automatically, I will go to my trigger of my normal operating system where I just lash out at the person. How dare you trip me? What are you doing? You're, right? So the point is, is that at what point are we going to reprogram my system to be able to see that not as this person tripping me, but as Hashem going out of his way to remind me of something. So it's not going to happen just by reading a book, and it's not going to happen just by you know, saying over Chazar of something, but you have to spend the time reprogramming myself. And that is supposed to take place during the trachting Hasidus before davening, during the trachting Hasidus before Krishna Shalamita, but it's the importance of spending the time sitting, slowing oneself down, and really meditating on these ideas that Hasidus is trying to teach me. So yes, the importance of going to class and learning the Hasidus, the importance of doing Chavrusa time after the class and in the evening, of really trying to learn and, and understand what the Rebbeim are teaching us. So that way we really understand it, we get it into our minds, and then taking that material and spending the time thinking about it. And the more I'm going to think about it, and the more I relax myself, the more I calm myself down, the more I put myself into a different mode let's put it that way, right? It's going to become more integrated in my life to the point that I am able to start to fix and change and develop and rework my personality and rework my approach to life. So it all starts with what? It all starts with learning the mimer and swallowing the mimer. Like literally, it's a matter of reading it and learning it, and reading it again, and sometimes what you could do is you, you shut, put your hand over the mimer and see, can you say, what did, what did we just say? A lot of times, you know, especially people that are more proficient in Hebrew, right, they'll read through the entire paragraph, and they finish the paragraph. They learn, they, they learn the paragraph of the mimer. But then you ask them, well, what did you read? What was the point? Of, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's like I read a lot of words, and I was able to touch every single one of them, but 
I don't necessarily know what I read. Did you ever have that? Sometimes, you know, you, you read a book and you could read three, four pages and then you ask, and someone asks you, well, what, what did you just, you know, what did you just read? And you're like, oh, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I don't really know what it was talking about. And this is going back to our problem from yesterday. Because a person's mind becomes very scattered. And we're taught, especially in our age, right, people that are growing up in the 2000s, that our minds are constantly all over the place. We're not trained to focus. And so we're not necessarily present with wherever we are. So even right now, I, I mean, there could be people that are sitting on their telephones and doing things, that's one thing, and they're listening in one ear and they're doing te- things on the telephone in another ear, or they're thinking about what's going to be for breakfast, or thinking about maybe uh, what they're doing tonight, and they're thinking about, and it's all over the place. And so therefore, you could read a whole page and you have no idea what you just said. So you have to go back and do it again. So instead, we want to focus in. We want to focus in. So that's the beginning, learning the mimer, focusing on the mimer. And then spending the time, like we said, like we, we all made a commitment last night, that we're going to spend the time, maybe uh, well, even just starting with one minute before davening today, and think through an idea from the mimer. Think through. I know that we didn't read anything yet, but uh, think through one idea. Or uh, memorize one line of Tanya or two lines of Tanya and just go through that, think through that, train oneself, train oneself to focus, train oneself to think, become present wherever you are. It changes your life. Okay? So now that we've had this whole introduction of a day and a half, right? So let's get into the actual mimer itself. Okay? So we're starting on Tzadik I'm sorry, again, I did not make copies. Uh, I apologize. Hopefully Gilly's going to remind me today, or if anyone else wants to remind me today, uh, I will go and make copies. Um, but I did put it out now, right now on the Tiferes, uh, uh, what you call it, WhatsApp chat. So we'll start Sadekei. We're starting one, two, three, four, five, six lines down. Um, yeah, it's six times down from the top of Sadekei. Viyuvan, everyone sees where I am by the period. So he says, we'll understand all of this, which is a continuation, all of this meaning the continuation from what we had before in the, in, uh, the, the Hemshech of Erebrachia, right? What it says, You will love Hashem your God. That thou shalt love is a lashon of tzivui. Okay, what's going on here? What is the Rebbe asking? No, what do you say, Nathan? Um, what's the problem? What's the issue? Okay, David, what's going on here? Uh, the Rebbe is asking, why are you commanding someone to feel a particular emotion? That's not how emotions work. Exactly. You can't just tell someone to love something. Right. Exactly. Love, love has to be, love. Can, a real love can only be created within that person. You can't force it out of them. Exactly. Shalom, you want to add to it? Bad relationships. Thank you, said it. Very good. That's exactly the point, right? There's a mitzvah. The mitzvah is, and we say this mitzvah a bunch of times every day. It's part of Shema, right? Let's say that I said to you, Thou shalt love vanilla ice cream. 
I, I'm sorry. I like chocolate ice cream. I don't like vanilla ice cream. Well, how can you command me to like? You could command me. Thou shalt eat vanilla ice cream. That you could do. Thou shalt buy vanilla ice cream. Thou shalt go to the store and carry five buckets of vanilla ice cream. You could tell me to do something. You could command me to do something. But how could you command a person to have a feeling? Thou shalt love vanilla ice cream more than chocolate ice cream. I could say it. Okay, I, I, I love vanilla ice cream better than chocolate ice cream. Okay, I said it. Good. So someone says to you, so you really? No, not really, but that's what it says to do, so that's what I'm doing. What do you mean? How could you possibly command a person to have an emotion? It's impossible. Yeah? This is the question. Yet, we, how many times a day do we say this, and how many times has anyone ever thought of this? No one. Right? So this is the basic question, which actually the Rambam answers, but usually in Hasidus we quote from the Magid. Right? So what is, what is, the, what is the Indian? So what is the answer to the question? The answer to the question is that you're right. It's impossible to command someone to love something or to have an emotion about something. What we are commanding is to have an intellectual thought process about something. And when a person will have an intellectual thought process about something, when a person will meditate on an idea, then we are able to come out with a, an emotion. So that is, in fact, something that a person can do. In other words, if I will now tell you that vanilla ice cream is going to save your life, and this is how to do it, and this is, and, 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 and if you eat chocolate ice cream, it's going to cause all this damage, and this is the best, and 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 on, 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 and you really think about it, and you really integrate it into your consciousness, so then you could get to the point that I love vanilla ice cream, because it's saving my life. Because I love myself, I love my life, and this is going to save my life, or this is going to, this is the meaning of life, or whatever. That's in the, the silly mushal that I made. What about in the nimshal? So the nimshal obviously is that if we're sticking with what we were talking about yesterday, a bumper sticker which says, Eino Melvado, or God is great, or, right, God, loving, God is, God is everything. Thank you, Hashem. That's very nice. No one's going to come along and say, no, no thank you, Hashem. I disagree. Everyone agrees. Yes, thank you, Hashem. We could even make a song about it. Thank you, Hashem. Right? In other words, we can do lots of things. But it's not necessarily going to change my feelings. But there is something that can change my feelings. And this is what we've been discussing. If I spend the time I sit down and I spend the time and I invest myself into this thought process. That's when I can actually develop an emotion. So really the mitzvah of the Ahavta is not I command you to love. Because that's impossible. But what's the commandment? The commandment is meditate. 
Spend time, not even read. Don't read. Meditate. You have to think about it. You have to spend the time thinking. Because without the thinking, you're just reading. And it's the same thing as singing the song. Right? That's it. That's all we're doing. But when you spend the time meditating, now you're changing your inside. And when you change your inside, all of a sudden, whoa, yeah. Right? I have this appreciation. And this is what Hasidus is constantly going back and forth about. Well, what is that? What are we supposed to be doing? Is it something that I have already? Or is it something that I have to, have to grow? For example, everyone, Baruch Hashem, right? We all have special relationships with our parents. Some have better relationships, some have worse relationships. But we have definitely special relationships with our parents. When a person will spend the time just interacting with our parents, right? it's like, whatever, you know, of course. Do you love your parents? Of course I love my parents. What's the question? Right? But... If you spend your time thinking, wow, my parents, what did they do? They brought me into the world, right? They, they changed my diapers, you know, when I was a baby. They fed me. I had no thing to take care of me, right? And they were feeding me, and they were t- changing me, and they were putting, giving clothes to me, and they were putting me in a house, and then they, then they, then they brought me to, they brought me to, uh, whatchamacallit, they brought me to, uh, to school, nursery school, and they gave me this, and they on, on and on and on and on and on and on and on. The more you're going to think about, the more you're going to think about, about what they have done for me, right? Eliezer, just sit down, don't worry so much about this. Just sit down and join the class, right? The more we're going to think, more we're going to think about this, right? So all of a sudden, what's happening? you're growing that love that's there. So over here, we're talking about a love that already exists, right? And now what you're doing is you are growing that love. Are you making anything up? No, you're not making anything up. You're just, is there anything that's new to this story? Nothing's new to this story. It's just a matter of recognizing something that happened to you. So most of the time in our life, what are we? Not present. So we're going back to what we were talking about before. Since we're not present, so we're just like, you know, going through. Again, you know, you could be on your phone and you could be typing away. And you could be doing all different types of things or you could be thinking about this or thinking about that and you don't even recognize what's going on. Right? So here what we're doing is just making real something that I know already. Look at all the things that my mother did for me, my father did for me, right, as I'm growing up. Think of what he's doing for me now. Think of how he's, you know, he paid for me for this and he paid for me for that and he spent all this time with me and he tried so hard with me and he's, and he's, he's you know, he's, he's an he's a average person. He's not, a, you know, he's not the tzaddik of the Ailam or whatever, but he went out of his way completely for me. Is he perfect? No. Because you know what? I'm not perfect either. But look at all the things. I feel grateful. I feel love for him. I'm building that love up. Okay, so that's one idea. What about a person that you meet? You never met them before. Now you meet them. Right? So now you're not talking about is there a love inherent? Right? You don't, I mean, of course, we, we love everyone, you know, to a certain extent, but it's a stranger, a total stranger. But now you start to see, wow, right? You sit down with this person, right? For example, you go on an shidduch, right? And you start to learn about this person and you start to, 
that, wow, this person is very special. And all of a sudden, you start to feel like, you know, this person is so smart, and this person is so funny, and this person has this quality and that quality. And, this. and now we're not talking about necessarily anything that, that they did, so to speak, for me, or that I know about them. It's I'm creating. I'm creating a relationship. And the more I'm going to create that relationship all of a sudden, it's also going to bring me to a love, but a different type of love. So, for example, the love that I have for my mother or my sister is very different from the love that I'm going to have for my wife. Right? So there could be different types of love also. Is it a created love or is it a revealed love? However you want to look at it, though, what we're talking about here is using the mind. The mind changes the person. The mind changes the person. And the mind, if used correctly, right, can make all different things happen. One of the craziest things, right, is if you look in the Rambam, the Rebbe Rashab quotes this in a number of different places, right, that the Rambam says, when you go to war, you can't be afraid. Well, most of us in our lives have not been to war, thank God. But most of us have seen movies or something like that about wars. And it looks very scary. Incredibly scary. Or we've read books about it. It's incredibly scary. It's the scariest thing probably in the entire world. Right? Your people are getting blown up right, left, and center. And no one is interested in getting blown up. So how could the Rambam possibly say this? The Rambam says it because you can use your mind to take your mind off of a subject also. So as soon as you start thinking, oh, what's going to happen to me? You know, that, that I'm going to war and these people are shooting guns and these people are shooting mortars and these people are shooting rocket-propelled grenades and these people are, uh, and this is what could happen to this part of my body. And this is what happen to, uh, he paralyzes himself. It's all in his head. Nothing happened yet. Similarly, a person could, could, could affect his body in other ways through his mind. For example, let's say that a person, all of a sudden we start thinking about, um, let's use an example of food. I don't know, everyone has different foods that they like. Let's say a person likes sushi. And you start to think about, like you like this type of sushi or like steak. And you start thinking about that steak or thinking about that sushi or thinking about that cake. And you actually start thinking about it in your mind. All of a sudden you start to get this craving for this food. And your body starts to, like your mouth starts to actually water. Because the mind really does not see the difference between what's happening now and what you imagine. That's the way the mind works. And that's why you have all of these people that are, unfortunately, have gone through trauma. And therefore, what they can do, what they do very often is that they don't see the difference between the present and the past. And therefore, what's happening is that they're living with these ideas of this trauma that happened, right? And they're, they're mamish in that same scene again. To the point that they are, they have, what is it, PTSD, and they have all these different things. But they're, they're not there now. They're no longer in Vietnam, or they're no longer in that uh, terrible uh, relationship, or that abusive situation, or whatever it is. They're not there. They're here. So why is it that they're conducting themselves? Because it's all in the mind. 
the mind is the key. The mind is the key. The mind changes even the body itself. Right? Like it says in, in Kunches Avoida, excuse me for bringing up this topic, but there are two agents to the Yitzhahara, right? The eyes see, the heart feels, and then, right, it talks about in the second chapter of Kunches Avoida, right, that a man, if he looks at the wrong things, he could actually have a bodily experience, right, without anything happening. How could it be that he has a bodily experience without anything happening? That's why the first paragraph, the second paragraph of, of Quintus of Oda in the, in the second chapter talks all about how we have to be so careful about what we look at. But you say to yourself, nothing's happened with this guy. All he did is he happened to see a billboard or he happened to see this or he happened to see that. Like what, what in the world? Why is his body reacting this way? Because it's in the mind. The mind is causing all of this to happen. The mind is the key. The mind causes emotions. The mind causes the body to think a certain way. The mind, or to act a certain way. And if you think about it, it makes absolutely no sense. How could it be that my mind can trigger something in my body that uh, when nothing in the world is happening? Nothing. Because the mind is very powerful. So we have to start tapping into that mind and using the mind as opposed to the mind using us. So what the Yetzirah wants to do, right, like it says in chapter Vav of Tanya, right, is that the Nefesh of Bahamias, which is seated in the heart, is trying to control the mind and trying to cause the person to go after this and after that and after this taiva and after that taiva and, 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 and he's up and down in life. He's depressed, he's happy, he's depressed, he's happy, he's depressed, he's happy. He, he's all over the place because he's not in control. That's what we were talking about in, the, um, in chapter 17, if you remember in Tanya, in the Tanya class that we had. You, know, you guys have to come to Tanya class in the afternoon, but this is what we were talking about. This idea of, of being in control of the mind. And the Rebbe uses incredible words over there. He says, anyone that has a brain in his skull, those are the little words that he uses, can control his brain, can control his mind. Then he says, unless he's done so many averas, he's done so many averas, then he can't. But then he says, that he gives us a, a, an, a, you know, a, an antidote. He says, what do you have to do? Do tshuva. If you do tshuva, then, then, then you can re-control your mind. But recognizing that the mind is the key to my life, and the mind is what's going to cause everything that's going on. And if I am not in control of my mind, then the, the, like it's, the ship is just running, going from place to place without a captain. Yes, David? So, we're, this whole idea of meditation and changing the mind, I, well, we're getting all this from just the single line, Dr. Esther Shemel Well, To explain why the Torah is telling us the command to love. It's not that... It's telling us we have to feel this emotion. We're trying. What's telling us is we have to sort of intellectually create it within ourselves. Right, because so, the bottom line is that we are being commanded to love Hashem. That is one of the commandments, right? But you cannot command someone to have an emotion. What you can command someone to have is a meditation, which will bring to that emotion. So what I was going to ask is, 
the Torah could have said Bis Bonanta Eser Shemot Gacha. What's gained? What's gained by using Ahava and not Bis Bonanta? Because the, because the goal is to have that Ava. The goal is not to meditate. Meditation is not a goal. Meditation is a vehicle to accomplish a goal. That's the key point to this whole thing. In other words, when a person is lifting weights, the goal is not to lift weights. That's a waste of time. Unless it's a vehicle to something. Right? So the point here is that we want to be, for example, let's talk about an individual. We want to be a grateful person. A person that's walking around life, a grateful person, who's a kind person, who has obviously Yisrael person, who loves another person, we want to be that, that guy, right? That's, that's, the, we, that's, that's what we want to be. But how do we get there? Like it says, para Adam, we were born like a wild donkey. That's what we're told. So how are we supposed to get from point A to point B? Para Adam means what? It means that I'm a self-absorbed individual, right? Who does everything for what's best for me. And it's very hard for me to get out of my little, my little, uh, you know, circle here to, to help other people and to do other things and to, to become a, you know, a selfless person. Because I wasn't born that way. It's not that I don't have it in me. I do have it in me. We know that we have it in me. But somehow we have to shift from point A to point B. So how am I supposed to make that shift? So sometimes it's through doing incredible things and that we're able to by doing these incredible things, we're able to, but again, even with doing those incredible things, unless the mind is being used in the right way, you'll just go back to the way you were before. So right now, for example, and we're out of time, but, but most Bali Tshuva are, are constantly running into this problem. Here comes a Bali Tshuva who literally gives up his life in a lot of ways. Right? In other words, he grew up in, in, a, in a certain type of household. They could be even be traditional household. He has certain friends. He has a certain trajectory in life. He's going to this school and this school and that school. He's going to become a doctor, lawyer, a businessman, whatever he's going to be. And he's going to or a professor or whatever. And this is what it is. And all of a sudden he says, he comes up with one day, you know, with this crazy idea. Obviously, it's not usually one day. Well, that he's going to go to yeshiva. And he's going to change. And he's going to become from, he's going to keep Shabbos. And he's going to keep kosher. And, and he's going to grow a beard. And he's going to do all these different things that, that we all do. Right? That is not normal. And he's, at the same time, he has a lot of clashes, whether it's with his parents or with his friends or with his... And then all of a sudden, he just goes and he does all these things. And he's doing all these things, and which is amazing right? These incredible mitzvahs that he's involved in. But he doesn't necessarily change on the inside. And he wakes up 10 years later and he says, what, what am I doing here? What's happening? My brain is still the brain that it was when I was over here. It's, no, it's not the way it should be. Because he never takes control of his brain. So yes, he do, he's doing the acts. And, the, and just doing, the truth is there's no question about it. The main point is the doing. Right, more than anything else. Right? You can meditate from here till tomorrow about tefillin, and if you don't put on tefillin, you, you failed. 
And the other guy, you know, someone meets him on a train, says, you want to put on tefillin? And he puts on tefillin, and he accomplishes more than the, than the first guy. But, but the key is to, to match both things. To start to change the mind and take control of oneself and to, to become a person who is in control of himself. To start to, to you know, fight with the Nefesh of Bahamias and to, to rewrite the script right, that, that was written. All right, we have to we have to we have to continue this discussion. Okay, so someone should please remind